please everyone stream Devin Townsend's Empath. This joke fucking sucks. I'm tanking that immediately. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six. Episode six already of the On Writing and Fan Fiction podcast. I'm your co host, Jake. And I'm Zoe. And today we're going to be talking all about characterization uh, and, and the differences in characterization between literary writing quote-unquote and fan fiction and sort of like the the different importances between them yeah well so first before we begin we'd just like to remind you of the instagram which is owff underscore podcast which is managed by our wonderful creative director kira and to send us fan mail or hate mail to owffpod at gmail.com the elf pod please send us and... hate mail i've never gotten any before i feel <laughs> left out and this episode is dedicated to our listener, China, who sent us an email that we talked about in episode four about yes. characterization, and we are going to do our best to address uh, her concerns in this episode. Exactly. So hope you're listening, China. We're finally getting to it. This I'm one's excited for you. Too. Yeah, so let's begin by defining some terminology. This is pretty basic stuff. This is pretty common, so I'm sure most of our listeners will probably know what we're talking about, but this is for, let's, let's say that you're listening and you are a complete writing neophyte. You um, well, this is also a uh, fandom terminology. Also, uh, is it really? I feel like it's just kind of writing. General. I have only I've only heard this terminology in the context of fan fiction. I don't know about you. I, I especially the it, abbreviations. I've heard it in like creative writing workshops and stuff. Like if someone's but talking. the abbreviations. Okay, well, okay, we're getting ahead of we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, the terminology we will be defining today are IC and OOC. IC standing for in character, and OOC standing for out of character. Out of character. And respectively, these are the greatest compliments and worst insults that can be leveled at a fic writer. It sure is. Characterization is really important across all of creative writing, um, because that's what invests people in stories is your characters. Mm -hmm. But good fanfiction in particular tends to really rely on characterization because your readers are already familiar with the characters and have certain expectations for them. Mm -hmm. So if you don't write your characters in, in, a, in a piece of fanfiction, quote, in character or IC, then that can really hurt your writing and the kind of comments that you get. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, that's that's probably, aside from, like, you know, the, the, the writing itself and, like, the mechanics of it, because generally speaking, would you agree that you can open, like, you could, like, open a fanfiction and within, like, the first sentence you can be like, yeah, okay, no. Or, like, okay, I'll go on. Like, do you, does that generally happen with yeah you. but usually yeah but usually that that judgment call isn't made based on the characterization it's made based on the writing yeah exactly so so For me at least yeah but no, sure. but but characterization is something that will cause me to put something down once i get a couple scenes in yeah um but if it, you know if that if the characterization isn't too bad then it's something that i, I can you know think okay this might improve over time and sometimes it does mm -hmm. yeah so characterization is sort of like the the very next step below like like if your characters aren't uh, aren't in character then you're gonna lose people pretty quick where we start to run into difficulties is like that gets a bit more nebulous when when it comes to fandom because there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of different interpretations yeah so we'll get to talking about how there is no one right characterization um but there is still you know good characterization versus bad characterization yeah 
good characterization isn't something you can really objectively define, but it's something that, you know, is very important and fic writers who get in their tend to get in their heads about this kind of thing will drive themselves crazy mm-hmm. over whether they're writing things in character. I know I have like just mid fic have like have a major crisis of confidence and and start to like question every decision I've made in in terms of my writing and wondering yeah. whether this is truly in character. Yeah, exactly. Um, or if everyone's going to hate it. Yeah, and that's a that's a really that's a pretty common struggle, I think. In in this sort of yeah. this ties into to China's question that she asked just yeah. back in episode four was like you know a lot of fanfic fanfiction writers struggle with writing characters in and out of character in their fanfiction. So you know how do you sort of get into the mind of a character that's so different from yourself and has such different experiences? And this is a this is a like again this is a, a question that's that's very common in writing as a whole. It's like how do you yeah yeah write, yeah how do you write the experience that you don't have? Yeah, yeah. And um, she also says, we're paraphrasing her, her email, but how, how do you accurately portray, you know, your character's reactions to situations that you've never been in, mm-hmm. which kind of ties into what Jake just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and answer her specific questions, just short answers, short kind of like, well, I, I have short answers to these. And then over the course of the episode, we'll kind of go through our long answers. What are your thoughts on characters written out of character? My answer to that would be, I hate them. I mean, yep. nothing kills a fic, like, out-of-characterness, Jake. Yep. I imagine you feel similarly. I do. What are your thoughts on writing characters out-of-character? Um, I do my best to never do such a thing, but, I, you know, would, you never I really know. Again. And is it is it possible for anyone to write their favorites truly in character? And here's the answer you don't want to hear is no, but it is possible to make your readers believe your characterizations. And I have some tricks for how to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, now... So what would you say, Jake? I, I would actually like to pull on that thread for just a sec. It's like, why? Yeah. Why would you say? Why do you say it's impossible for a, a, anyone to write their favorite characters truly in character? Uh, I think that's because it is a derivative work. So the only yeah. person who truly knows the characterization is the person who writ the who wrote your source material that right. you're using. Um, so you are ultimately in all fan fiction writing an interpretation. Mm-hmm. So depending on how strict your definition of truly in character is you will always kind of miss a little bit but that's actually part of what creates your own unique style Mm -hmm. and in some cases readers might like your characterization better than the you know the writer of the source materials characterization yeah that's that's really fascinating actually because i was just thinking as you're saying that it's like you know it's it's impossible for because it's derivative the only person that truly knows the character is the the person that conceptualized it and wrote them in the first place And and i started thinking what's like a my sister would have probably more to say on this than I do, uh, and maybe you would too, actually. But like, let's let's think about this in the context of something like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is a series that is so bloated and has so much going on. It's like here's what I think you're getting at: opinions on Star Wars tend to be highly polarized. So, like, people will have flame wars over the interpretation of certain characters right but but like and none and it's hard to say any of them are more right yeah the other but what i'm what i'm getting at with this one is and it's this is why i think this is like this is such an interesting and kind of important discussion to have is like george lucas doesn't know the character that he came up with i don't really want to get into specific opinions on star wars fair enough yeah but it's just like that would be that would that could end up being a significant tangent yeah the point of what I'm getting at, it just is to, to conclude it so we can move on, is, like, there's so many different instances of, like, of these characters. There's so much Star Wars media 
that like mm-hmm. so many of these characters are like really far removed from like their can be far removed from their original interpretations yeah yeah i would definitely say that i think when i think this also you're gonna hate me for this i think this also applies a little bit to the characters in supernatural which is such a long-running convoluted series that it's hard to define that character anymore just because it's so long and also the writer you know the writing on that show tends to be inconsistent because there are a lot of different people that contribute to it and so each of those each of those writers will have different characterizations of the characters in the show so like even in source material characterization is can be really hard to to pin down you know what here yeah exactly um Uh like the character of obi-wan right is Uh like George Lucas's interpretation of him and actually his like direction is to my understanding his direction to people writing him is like Obi-Wan is like the fucking golden boy of the Jedi he's like mm-hmm. you know never fucking succumbed to like temptation from the fucking dark side or whatever but there's instances in Star Wars media in which that isn't even actually true and it's like in fact it's more interesting if you have this character that's sort of like held up and and put on a pedestal as being being like the fucking poster boy of the jedi who's like actually done some horrible shit it's sort of hinted at like in the phantom menace that when darth maul kills qui-gon that obi-wan like tapped into the dark side just like a little bit to kill him because he did it out of complete rage right like rage Mm -hmm, is fucking mm -hmm, bad leaves mm -hmm, you know that mm -hmm. thing so it's like the person that conceptualized the character in the first place is like I, I suppose it's well. A also, of, well, it, also, people in real life are really complicated, yeah. and no character is is flat and has, or no good characters is flat, and every everyone kind of has aspects of their personality that are more and less pronounced, and and you can always be that author to pull out kind of the less pronounced yeah. versions of their character. Like you can have a character that is really tends to be kind of a pacifist in in source material, but might have this anger inside them but you can be that author that decides to kind of put this character in a situation Mm -hmm. that might bring out certain aspects of their personality that might not necessarily be represented in source material and there's a way to do that really well Mm -hmm. and those can be really interesting stories yeah for sure so yeah so i think it's i think it just ultimately comes down to like a matter of perception so as our as our resident uh characterization expert I'm, I'll, I'll defer to you on this. <laughs> you have some some hacks or some go-to tips for like good characterization. Yeah. So what I like to fancy you... myself somewhat of an expert on this topic as much as one can be an expert on this topic. I've gotten lots of really good comments on, on many of my fix about about characterization. So I was thinking about trying to think, think about how I did that because I, I tend to, when I'm writing, just very simply just follow my instincts with the characters. Mm-hmm. But if I wanted to pull apart kind of really what I was doing when I was following my instincts when I was writing characters, what would I be doing? And I think the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, empathy, which is something that is not just limited to fan fiction, but is also really important for writing regular fiction. Yeah. So this is a skill that I think is kind of at the core of a lot of creative writing. And it's something that you know, it's, an, it's something you have to exercise and that gets better with time and practice. Yeah, for sure. So some advice I would say for uh, fan fiction specifically is when you're thinking about, I want to write this character or I want to write fan fiction about this character. What I do is uh, I start by thinking about that character in, in terms of the ways in which I identify with them. So 
if I'm fascinated by a character to the point that I want to write fan fiction about them, something must have drawn me to them, right? Something must have made me identify with them. So I start by thinking about what that was. Like, how do I, how do I relate to this character? How are we the same? Before I start thinking about the ways in which we're different, because I think, you know, you want to answer the easy questions first before you get onto the hard questions. Yeah. And that's just like a really quick, that's uh, a quick way to, to humanize a character is to, mm-hmm. to, to identify with them because inherently like you are a human person ostensibly mm-hmm. um, and, and they are a cartoon or whatever the fuck so it's like you're not necessarily projecting onto them you're just sort of finding the things uh, in them and about their character that uh, that you have in common that you share with them that like help yeah. you identify with them so that humanizes yeah. them quickly yeah yeah and it can also help you think about them in a really round way you know exactly they're not they're you know you have to kind of bring them into three dimensions, you know, think about all the ways in which all their good qualities and all their not so good qualities and all the ways that they're imperfect and their weaknesses mm-hmm. uh, and their flaws. Yeah, for sure. And those, and these are the things you can explore in your, in your fix. Yeah. The, you just have to, you just have to think critically about the characters that you, that you want to write about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is something you have to do for a regular for original creative writing too because yeah. you all those characters also have to be fully fleshed out and rounded and you have to think about their imperfections too and their weaknesses and their flaws mm-hmm. so this is something that's a really translatable skill for um, fan fiction and for original writing mm-hmm. and so i i come back to this story a lot of something that stuck with me so uh, sheree dimeline is a is a metis writer from uh, up here in canada uh, absolutely fantastic and she she wrote the marrow thieves she wrote empire of wild which i think won like book of the year like won tons of awards and mm-hmm. i sat in on an author talk of hers that she was doing at my college and you know she was talking about this instance in which she was writing the marrow thieves her her first book and so there was there's a sequence in which a character is like running away from pursuers through a forest or something and um mm-hmm. uh, at one point that character sort of ducks into a bush and, and, and hides and in that moment, that character is able to uh, sort of calm down and, and sort of take inventory of the situation. And the reason for that is that character, when they were a child, sort of their their mom had this green sweater that, that she would sort of hug them or swaddle them in to calm them down. So that per- that character came to associate the color green with comfort and calmness. And that instance, that characterization of like him being a child and that happening isn't actually in the book, mm-hmm. as, as far as I'm aware. But it's something about the character that Shuri knew as she was writing them that mm-hmm. allowed her to uh, inform them appropriately. So even if you don't get all the characterization that you have planned or that you want down on the page, like, you know, it, maybe it just, it, 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 there's no sort of organic point for it to come through. As long as you know it about the character, you'll be able to write them authentically. Uh, so that's why you have to think critically about the characters that you want to engage with and, and study them a lot. Yeah. yeah, you have to know, you ultimately have to know more about your characters than ends up in the story in order Absolutely. to create, you know, well-rounded, believable characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And characters that people will uh, be invested in. Yes, exactly. Because if you... And identify it, with. It, it, as with all writing, it's like if if you're passionate about what you're doing and you're, like, you're putting the time in to make them as authentic as possible, that's going to show and people are are going to yeah yeah um so empathy so also falling under this umbrella of empathy is this is also the way in which you write situations that you've never been in or experienced before Mm -hmm. 
So I would say it's possible or even encouraged to write about experiences you've never had. I'm everyone's heard the kind of BS phrase, write what you know. I mean, I think that's there are certainly times in which it's better to do that. Sure. Um, but it's kind of an exaggeration. Um, more accurately, you should really write what interests you and, and do research accordingly. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll get into research in a little bit, but you don't have to limit yourself to experiences you've had when you're writing mm-hmm. for fear that you won't be able to write them accurately. Yeah, for sure. Now, with something like fan fiction that's generally a lot lower stakes, mm-hmm. this might not present as much of a problem. But if you know if anyone listening plans to publish their own writing one day, this is super, super, super important to do, is to research the absolute shit out of whatever you're running about. Because, yeah. you know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. As for right now, for fan fiction, like I said, it's a lot lower stakes. Yeah, yeah. So here's here's the thing, just to stay on the topic of fan fiction for a little yeah. while. Like, if you're getting, if you think you have a really good sense of this character, you're fascinated by them, and you want to write fan fiction about them, it is possible to just kind of let your mind, let, let go of your anxiety over whether or not you're doing it right, and just let your mind flow through the situation you have in mind and think about what that character's reaction would be to it mm-hmm. and how other people would react to their reaction of it and kind of guide yourself through the situation that way. Something I do when I'm just tripping over myself, trying to, you know, second guessing all my characterizations is I just take my screen away and sit back for a second, go for a walk, lie down, and just kind of let let my let my sense of the character guide me through the situation mm-hmm. in terms of how they would react. And I find that really helps me get in character, yeah, you know, sure. to write a situation that I have never personally experienced, which happens all the time. If I only wrote about what I would experience, what I have experienced, my fix would be very boring. Yeah, writing literature would be dead. It'd be <laughs> fucking boring. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and, you have to you have to be imaginative with what you with what you want to write. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, this is why I'm guessing this is why I became became a writer. I'm not really a writer. This is why I write. I see you're right. You're is... right. I see you're a writer. <laughs> Thank you. This is. I mean, I've always had a kind of a really active imagination, and I think the imagination is definitely what you want to employ when you're thinking about mm-hmm. characters that aren't yours and situations you've never been in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, not to be sort of a not to be like a a, a downer or a, or a negative Nancy, if you will, <laughs> but um, something that is not all that common in a lot of fandom circles is critical thinking <laughs> about the ways in terms of how people engage with the source material and that's and that's fine some pe- a lot of people engage in fandom because they just like the thing that they like and they don't really want to think about it beyond that which is fine like you, nobody no you don't have to you know produce a, a fucking doctoral thesis on like why you like avatar or something but if you want to take writing really seriously, it's it's a really good practice to get into to be like, you know, not temper your imagination, but couple it with really critical thinking. Yeah. Let your let your mind run wild, write what you want to write, be as creative as you wish. But like, you know, it's it, people say write what you know and you know, we sort of say like that's that's a bit it, it's it's a little like prescriptive, but is there, there there is a nugget of truth in that. Want to write you don't want to. You don't want to get ahead over your skis yeah, and start if, talking about something that maybe you have no business talking. Exactly. about. Exactly. So if you want to write something that you don't know, know it. 
do the research. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, which leads us perfectly into research. Into research, exactly. Which, maybe I'll start by talking about research in the context of fan fiction, and then Jake can kind of take that sure. into the concept of relig- original fiction. Mm-hmm. So research, for me, in terms of fan fiction, often means rewatching episodes, rereading source material, just to kind of really get myself into the sense of that character and how they react in situations that we know in the source material. That's how I go about doing research on a character you want to write about. It's just do do some rewatches. You can also do this, you know, by going through fix that you've read that you like that you think that you find to have good characterization and kind of reading for what did that author do that I think that was so in character. Mm -hmm. And then to lead into what Jake's going to talk about, you also want to research the situations and experiences you'll write about, we will be doing a whole episode on this, uh, episode 17, so stay tuned for that. And I believe we will be talking about it again in episode 25. So um, we'll be talking about research a lot because it is really important. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's an ever-present... For many reasons. Yeah, it's, it's an ever-present yeah. facet of writing. It, it, it always has to be there. And your description of research, of like, you know, the fandom kind of research is it's not mm-hmm. that far off it, from you know because like what you're doing essentially is you're doing a character study you're doing mm-hmm. you're doing literary analysis like a close reading of the of whatever show or movie or book or game or whatever it is you're engaging with and the the thing i want to talk about most is and i'm inter- I'm, I'm actually curious to hear your thoughts on this because mm-hmm. we you know we sort of talked about you know write what you know or like you know writing what you don't know and sort of you know not letting anyone say like oh you can't do that um mm-hmm. and I, I think to a degree that's true but mm-hmm. there is also an argument to be made for staying in your lane um mm-hmm. definitely and, and, that, and that's why i'd like to i'd like to bring up Shuri demoline again because at that same talk she told the story of as she's running empire of wild it's it's doing gangbusters amazing it's it's bestseller instantly it's it's instant classic and you know, the question came up because she's Métis, she's Indigenous, that was sort of the axis pole of that discussion. Like, you know, what's it like being a Métis writer? And inevitably the question sort of came up of like, like sensitivity readers and stuff like that. And people that aren't Métis mm-hmm. writing these stories. Canadians mm-hmm. writing Indigenous stories, for example. Mm-hmm. So her response to that, it, 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 it has a really profound impact on me. It was, she said that, you know, a lot of Indigenous peoples, their histories are oral because mm-hmm. their histories were destroyed. So they have had to persist through oral storytelling from person to person handed down. Part of part of that is due to tradition, and part of that is to pragmatism, because, you know, through centuries of colonization, that a lot of that history has been wiped out. And so she said that because these stories, you know, as, as with all things, stories and storytelling is like the lifeblood of a culture, of a people, and uh-huh. that being handed down from from one person to another to grow and develop that and shape that story and hand it on to successive generations is like that's such like a a, a fully indigenous thing. These stories are so entirely indigenous that in her words were for a non-indigenous person to write this story, you are literally making me homeless because indigenous people don't. Their, their homes and their, their lands have been stolen from them. And that's a struggle that, that persists to this day. They, they, they fight every day to keep what little they have they have left that's, that hasn't been taken from them yet. And part yeah. of that is 
the people move with the stories. The stories develop with the people that hand the stories that develop with the people that they are handed to. And, and she uh, she told it much more eloquently. I'm, I'm probably butchering it, but like this is the argument for staying in your lane. There are some things I would argue that it's like you might not be the person to tell that story because there's extraneous factors like the ones that you yeah. just talked about. Yeah, so this is something that's particularly important for you to think about if you're in any sort of majority group that has a history of oppressing a minority group just because you don't want to become part of that oppression and that silencing of the, the voice of the minority that has been forcibly silenced for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a very serious topic that I've talked about in 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 workshop classes all yeah. the time. I also took a literature class specifically on Asian American literature in which we heard authors speak. And something sometimes a question that gets gets asked of of authors of color is, you know, some why do you always write? I think I was it was a Korean author that was speaking at my college and and someone someone asked he he talked about how he'd been asked, you know, why do you always write about Koreans? Like, do you think you know, white people should only write about white people. And he said, well, I, I'll, I always write about Koreans because if we don't tell our story, because we are the best people to tell our story. Yes. So not to say that other people can't write the stories of Koreans, but that ultimately the best people to speak mm-hmm. on that experience of being Korean is a Korean. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think it's really important for, you know, readers of color to have literature written from a perspective that they share that they share yeah yeah and, and this this yeah. may sound this may sound like a, a, a pretty like a pretty heavy discussion for like a fan fiction podcast yeah um and to a degree I, but it's I, important I there because it's important to think about because there yeah. is a lot of racism in fandom let's not oh for sure there isn't and, and, and you know back in episode one we said that we would be operating on the assumption that like fan fiction is art because all the interesting discussion happens downstream mm-hmm. of that conclusion um mm-hmm. so if fan fiction is art then it it should be held it, it's it's up to the same scrutiny yeah well so here's the problem that you can you probably think of that you run into in fandom is you say well, look i'm really fascinated by you know this character of color and i really want to write your fan fiction about them that just i mean you can do that but that just makes your research all the more important yes even for your fan fiction because you don't want to you know you're committing microaggressions when you write characters of color in a way that are disrespectful and and dismissive of that experience which is real even if it's not necessarily represented explicitly in the in the piece of media so you know before everyone starts freaking out about all the fan fiction they've written from the perspective of of characters of color you can you may do that that is quote allowed Mm -hmm. but you just have to be you have to do it thoughtfully yeah and with the idea in mind that if you are not a person of color what 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 where are your blind spots what are you missing Mm -hmm. um what might you miss um when thinking about this character's experience yeah for sure and there are resources out there definitely even a pretty prominent fandom one i think there's like a there's like a tumblr account called writing with color or something like that they're like a multi-person team dedicated to this exact thing Mm -hmm. to answering people's questions on on these sorts of issues so like yeah. there do exist uh, resources out there in fandom circles specifically. I'm gonna link that in the show notes. All this to say, research is it, it, arguably the most important thing you can do as a writer. Yeah. And alongside that, equal of equal import is being able to 
be honest with yourself and say, maybe I'm not the person that should tell this specific story. Yeah. Because because you're full of stories. You can tell uh-huh. any story. You can tell any other story you like. Like you are an imaginative uh-huh. and creative person. Uh-huh. You know, as a writer, you you have the ability to do that. So be honest with yourself. Be critical. Think about the, the what adverse effects there might be of of telling certain stories. Yeah, and also be and also be aware if you are not a person of color writing about a person of color, like um, in in media, there are probably you know many many fans of color that are fan of fans of that character, and you really don't want to, you know, be the person who writes them in a way that is is not going to be true. Yeah, true to them because you might not be made aware of it, but you will probably get caught. Yeah, because you know you don't know who's reading, you don't know their experiences. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's that, I think that's our two cents on that. It's a pretty yeah. long-winded way of saying research is important, but you know, it yep, needs to be said. Yep. We'll get we'll get back into it in later episodes. Research will come back. Yeah. Um, I have many opinions on research. And now for the exact opposite. Now to light now to lighten the mood. Yeah. A little bit. Now that you've presumably done your research. My third hack for not good but perfect characterization is confidence. Mm-hmm. You gotta sell it. China, here's the thing. Jenna, <laughs> you've got to go into this with the unearned confidence of a cishet white man, and you just got to believe. <laughs> you got to believe that your characterization is perfect and on point. Go for it. Because if you don't question it and you write it, and when you're writing, you don't question it, that confidence will be translated onto the page. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that, Jake? Uh, yeah, confidence goes a long way. <laughs> especially in terms of productivity like in terms of like getting stuff done like having just a little bit of that youthful arrogance will will help you yeah. get stuff done again now temper that with we will listen to what people have to say you can be confident in, in those characterizations but uh yeah depending as, depending on who you are as a person you might have to temper your confidence to different degrees and it has to go hand in hand uh, <laughs> with all that research that you did that we yeah did that's why we talked about research first yeah but once you've done your research, you gotta sell it. Then sell it. You gotta sell it. Um, I had a creative writing teacher, and whenever someone put a note about their story in a draft before the story, like a pre-author's note, oh, okay, to uh, be like, this would, is this is what the yeah. story's about. Yeah, she would yell at them. She, <laughs> um, she was a strong believer in that you should not bias your readers in any way before they read your story. Sure. And like, lack of confidence can come through in author's notes and fan fiction really easily. People will put notes at the beginning of the fic saying, I'm sorry, this is terrible, or this is probably really out of character, or, you know, I hate this, but I'm posting it anyway. Yeah. Don't do that. Readers are readers are highly suggestible, so if you prime <laughs> them to look for mistakes, they yeah. will just be looking, they'll just read your thing looking for mistakes. To anyone who's listening, if you are a fanfiction author and you want to put something up and you sort of, you have that, sort of have that compulsion to put that note up there, leave it empty. Say nothing at all. Just... Yep. Just say, hope you enjoy, or or just say simply nothing and just throw the story up and see what people think. Yeah. Um, I think notes at the end are a little, there's more you can kind of do with that, mm-hmm. but I still wouldn't, I don't, I don't, I try not to let myself doubt perfectly into my end yeah, notes sure. or my before notes. Yeah. I don't, even if I have a lot of self-doubt and usually like the comments come in and, and all, your self-doubt goes away and you wonder, mm-hmm. what was I even thinking? Of course, this and, is all fine. Yeah, exactly. And as with most art, like writing is a very solitary profession. So mm-hmm. you're you're going to learn a lot on your own as you are being honest with yourself and as you're yeah. being but it's also easy to get but it's also easy to get in your own head. Yeah. And get exactly. all twisted up. Um so it's it's definitely not easy, but um 
you know yourself as a writer better than anyone else, pretty much. So just be honest with yourself and be kind but critical of your writing. Mm-hmm. And you will be... You, you are almost always the worst critic of your own writing. Yeah, exactly. And, and you'll be as helpful a resource to yourself as maybe even your readers can be. Yeah. I mean, um, if you, okay, here's here's the thing. If you feel like that insecure about your fake that you like feel that you like feel like I can't put this up without apologizing for it, I I kind of that's a situation in which I would highly recommend like having, you know, a trusted friend look over it first. Yeah. Um because more more often than not, they'll be like, this is great. I mean, maybe they'll have some suggestions, but and and then you'll gain a lot of confidence with it. Um mm-hmm. I've definitely so, somewhat recently actually been in the position where Someone messaged, a fellow writer messaged me and they they couldn't decide whether to post this fic because they just, you know, they've written it, but but they just had, they just were convinced that it wasn't very good and they couldn't decide whether to post it anyway. And I just said, well, here, I'll read it over and then I'll help you, you know, gain that confidence, mm-hmm. gain, gain enough confidence in it to fix it. Or I'll tell you, you know, maybe it's not perfect, but here, here are the ways in which I think you can improve it. Sure. And I read it and it was really good. And I, I had a couple of suggestions and she was, and she eventually posted it with confidence, I think, or enough confidence that right <laughs> she posted it without excessively, you know, self-deprecating notes. Sort of genuflecting to the reader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially in fandom, you know, people are always hungry for more content in fandom. So yeah, for sure. There's always going to be, even if it's not your, the best thing you've ever done, there's probably going to be one person who's at least, who's like, I needed this in my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sort of with with that out of the way, you you had mentioned earlier that uh, there is no one perfect characterization, and in fandom that's 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 especially true, uh, because yeah. like we said earlier, people don't engage with fandom in the same way. There are some people that mm-hmm. um, you know they mm-hmm. write uh, they write essays and character analyses and all this stuff, and there are other people that just like wow this is a really fun show I'm gonna write some like goofy bullshit about like someone working you know this character working at like a Walgreens, and that's that's fine like you know we sort of yeah like sort of extol the like sort of the more literary side of fan fiction if you will but it's like i think you you captured it pretty well in in the phrase there is no one perfect characterization like a a piece of writing can still be fun like if it's just sort of like complete wacky nonsense yeah yeah so every every characterization every derivative characterization is inherently an interpretation Mm -hmm. And different characterizations between fix are still valid. Um, yeah. I have friends who would write the same characters just so differently from me. Yeah. <laughs> but this is also how you get a diversity of stories. Mm-hmm. Because while we're all writing the same character, we're we're also all different writers. Yeah. And, and our personal perspective and experiences will inform our characterizations. Mm-hmm. But we can all have good characterization. So I had this experience once where I showed a bunch of fics to a friend who had no idea of the fandom at all. He hadn't seen the source material. He didn't know any of the characters. He just wanted to read my writing. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, here's this fan fiction. You don't, know the, you don't know the fandom. And he was like, that's fine. And he, he read them and he came back to me and he said, you know, these are all essentially different characters, right? You just use the same names. And I was like, Yes. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. But they're all good, right? And he was like, I mean, it's all good writing. So, mm. you know, not only does characterization between writers not have to be consistent, you know, characterization between your own stories doesn't necessarily have to be con- mm-hmm. consistent. I mean, it has to be consistent on some level, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, feel free to explore stuff. 
and there is going to be like some internal consistencies obviously but it's like mm-hmm. you know like a... but also but also in every fic you're putting the characters in different situations and exactly. that might bring out different aspects of their personality that you can explore yeah for sure and yeah. fan fiction like ultimately isn't for anyone really but the person writing it it's really uh-huh. helpful to think of or it was helpful for me at least just to uh-huh. think of of this as like here's a show with characters that i really like that i think are compelling and they're very well written I would like to engage with them in some way. Here's a way I can do that while mm-hmm. also studying my own writing and practicing. Yeah. I also want to go on kind of a mini tangent um, in terms of the you know, things you can get away with in terms of like characterization right. is, is that people change over time. Mm-hmm. And if you massively age up your characters, like your characters and your source material are teenagers, but you want to write them as parents because maybe you yourself are a parent. And so that's your experience and you want to kind of extrapolate you know, what would this character that I know as a teenager be like as a parent? You can also do the opposite um, and say, what would this character that I know as an adult, what were they like as a child? And that can give you some wiggle room too in terms of differences in characterization. And that's completely valid because life is long. I was a different person at, at 17 than I am now. Oh God, yeah. I'm sure Jake was too. I was a different person like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Your personality, uh, personalities change a lot. Yeah. And and different interpretations on, on characters at various ages between fics can definitely be valid because there's really, especially if the source material, uh, you know, ends before that character has a chance to grow up, mm-hmm. you know, you have a lot of leeway in, in, as to where your imagination will take you in terms of what they'll be like as an adult. Yeah, for sure. There's no, there's no one answer. There's good writing and bad writing and, and you know, some characterizations will obviously be way off. But not all of them are wrong, and not all of them are the same. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. No. That's a great point. So, and and your take on characterization can be a part of what establishes your style as a writer. <laughs> Jake has the line. Can I read this line? Yeah. Go for it. Or, or are they gonna like control F it? I. I mean, <laughs> they. I can't stop them. So Jake has this line in a fic. Why is this fish so fucking aggro, dude? And that's a very Jake line if you're familiar with Jake's style. Um, but it's also not out of character. I would personally never write that line uh, because it's not my style. Yeah, no, that's an um, excellent. Yeah, no, that's actually that's but, a really good but point. It is, yeah. But in 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 context, it's quite in character, and you believe it, and it's funny. Yeah. So there's there's yeah. different uh, like not only will like the the situations and scenarios that you put characters in affect your characterization but also uh your authorial style so as with anything no no one characterization will will generally look i completely the same they Mm -hmm. won't be identical but uh what's the theme of this would you say would you say about characterization be critical but don't stress yeah definitely yeah definitely i would definitely emphasize emphasize the don't stress i think the stressing is what can lead you to make some like definitely poor characterizations yeah characterization decisions which we are about to get into so here here's the first instance of a segment you know the name i went back on many times but the name i've settled on for now is yellow flags not quite red flags but yellow flags and so these are these are things that will not definitely but almost definitely hurt the quality of your fic because i don't want to you never want to say never in terms of writing Mm -hmm. yeah the first one i want to talk about is exaggeration so here's the thing most visual media especially, and, and cartoons and comedies in particular, are set in sort of a heightened reality that 
I can tell you right now, will not translate well directly into prose. Mm. Well, you might have heard the saying, fiction is different from reality because fiction has to make sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> fiction has, fiction, in order for it to be, quote, believable, has to make logical sense. Mm-hmm. And, and so therefore, things that happen in cartoons and comedies and even other genres, you have to dial it back for that to be considered realistic in a written story. You know, in, in cartoons and, and comedies, you know, pratfalls and violence and um, exaggerated reactions to things can kind of be, have a purpose. But I when see. you... Like you can have like a visual gag of like... Yeah, like, so yeah. with like the Animaniacs, it's like, okay, like this person gets put in a catapult or something because like some fucking minor infraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when in um, Avatar, in the episode The Runaway, when Aang, Aang and Sokka are so shocked that Katara and Toph are getting along, they just pass out on the right. spot. You know, that's not necessarily something, a reaction that would translate well into a written story, mm-hmm. if you can imagine that. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So, I call this bringing a heightened reality back down to Earth. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, gotta, can, so, you can keep you, the, the, the tone of something alive yeah yeah because you could be doing your research and be freaking out going oh my gosh if that's how they react to that situation and that's a similar situation to what i'm writing i must write that but then in some instances you write it and it comes across as just artificial totally out of place tonally deaf writing truly really good comedy that is not visual is really hard it's really difficult it takes a lot of skill, yeah. Um, in, in fan fiction, this genre tends to be called crack, um, which is just kind of general term to describe just ridiculousness in fan fiction. Right. Um, but it's basically just a comedy genre of fan fiction, and it's quite hard to write that well. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I don't even know, honestly, yeah. You know, without getting into, you know, corniness, and, and just something that will just cause the reader to kind of groan and be like, well, that's just... Yeah, no, that's, that, that's a really good point, because it's, it's about translating, not stereotyping from a different Yeah. Because, you know, like, writing in, like, a visual medium like animation, they, they have they have different strengths. You know, Animaniacs, for example, like I mentioned it earlier, that's a very visually... that's a lot. There's a lot of visual comedy there, because, like, you, with animation, you can, you know, squash and stretch proportions, and you can exaggerate characters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whereas mm-hmm. with writing, it's it's all a little bit more subtle. Definitely. And that doesn't mean Definitely. it's better. That it's just it's it's just a different, mm-hmm. not limitations, but like the characteristics of a different medium. Yeah. I think also in cartoons, you know, cartoon violence is something that you can just kind of go nuts with, but mm-hmm. you know, quickly. And Jake, you might have this experience, you know, in ter- because you write more fight scenes. Like you find yourself writing a fight scene, and you want to keep it realistic, and then suddenly you're keeping track of like all these injuries. Yeah. Um, and you're trying, you want to visualize the fight scene exactly as it would be in a cartoon, but then you quickly realize you can't really do that because. Yeah those scenes aren't, aren't realistic in the way that you kind of have to write them yeah exactly for your story yeah no for sure there's a there's like a million different ways to write a fight scene i haven't actually read any of brandon sanderson but to my knowledge he writes very blow by blow which i which i tend to do as well so maybe i should read brandon sanderson i don't know yeah it's, it's all about what to translate and sort of what to leave behind yeah definitely and usually this results in pulling certain things back and, and amplifying other things. I think verbal comedy tends to work much better in writing than physical comedy yes. for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. There's a book I'm reading right now called uh, Seven Blades in Black by Sam Sykes. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. super fun, very vulgar fantasy novel about uh, a woman named Sal 
and that book is that book's kind of hilarious and it, it it's not funny because like oh you know this this character fucking pistol whips someone or something like it's not slapstick it's funny because like the uh-huh. character themselves is written in, in a very distinct in a very yeah. distinct way like their voice is very yeah. clear they're it, they're a very uh-huh. dry witty character they're a very vulgar character yeah. so because yeah. it's in first person that comes through a lot so it's just like it's yeah writing comedy and writing is you know naturally is all verbal um i i would say it's maybe a little bit harder to to kind of go wrong when you're writing a little bit more seriously a little more drama genre yeah um although it is still possible to just go full-on melodramatic sure and and have people groaning at you know characters crying at the drop of a hat <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah which I have both read and written. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've gone back in my stories and be like, wow, it's really kind of tiresome that this character has cried in three successive scenes. I've... Maybe they should only cry in one of these scenes, yeah. which will then amplify the meaning of the crying. You're, you're... I am right now realizing that I just did that in my original work. I'm going to need to go through and, <laughs> and, and change some shit. Literally yeah. at this moment realizing it's like, oh, fuck, I totally did that, didn't I? So yeah, the crying all... specifically? Yeah, ex- yes. Oh, man. Literally. Yeah, I, I've done that all the time. I mean, part of this is like, me stylistically is I hate melodrama. Sure. So, you know, I don't like reading fics with like a ton of like just outpourings um, of emotion and, and, and wailing. Yeah. Because to me, you know, when you hold back and you wait until like a dramatic, particularly dramatic moment or meaningful moment to, mm-hmm. to release that emotion, that makes it more impactful. Exactly. That's my style mm-hmm. specifically. But when I'm when I'm feeling it, when I'm writing, I, I tend to, and I would suggest doing this, is just put all the emotions you feel as you're writing out there um, because it's easier to pare back than yes. add in later. Absolutely. So. Exaggerate in your first draft and then yeah. revise in your second. Yeah, all the crying in your first draft, but then maybe when you go back and you're like, okay, maybe they hear they instead of crying, they're just holding in the tears. Yeah, you know, exactly. or like maybe maybe in this situation they're just shutting down and avoiding the argument mm-hmm. because you know that 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 will make that confrontation of those feelings more powerful later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so our second yellow flag I have here as excessive quoting from canon, which is something I see and fix sometimes that just bothers the shit out of me. Jake, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I mean, I can I can imagine, yeah, but like, I, you you read a lot more fanfiction than I do, actually, so you're actually probably a lot more filled with, you're much more familiar with so here, So here's what, hap- here's what I'm talking about. When you're reading a fic, and, and especially if I'm reading, uh, sometimes I'll be reading a fic um, from a source, based on a source material that I know very well, and just every other line is like lifted directly from some episode really? or some moment. And, or like just, it happens, like extremely frequently to the point where I, I start to wonder if this is maybe stemming from a place of insecurity. You know, how do I know a character would say this if there's no direct evidence of them saying it? So right. I have to, I have to take that line directly. I have to use these lines directly, these turns of phrase directly. The answer to that is, of course, you don't know. You know, yeah. when the character would say that directly, but it's better to lean into your interpretation and, and your own characterization of them. Mm-hmm. And you've just got a feel in your soul that your character would say this, even though they have maybe not said exactly this. Yeah, because then it's earnest. Yeah, because then it's earnest and more true to your story. Like, you're not, as a fanfiction writer, you're being derivative. You're not trying to write the source material. You're trying, you're you're extending it and, and incorporating some of yourself into it. So less is more in terms of directly quoting from canon. I like to do this on occasion as like a punchline of a joke. 
this tends to be kind of an in-joke with the readers and because when they see that line at the punchline of like a situation that's kind of funny like that'll make them think of the reference the source material right and that will just make it even funnier yeah for sure so in, in avatar zuko has a famous line that's rough buddy and that's a really that one that one always gets him honestly <laughs> it's, it. it's it's he gotten it. to such a point where every time i see it i'm like okay yeah you're, you're doing the it's rough buddy joke it's funny it, it's yeah. highly memeable um obviously you don't want to over overdo that sort of thing but quoting from canon can be really good punchline but less is more you want to leave it you want to leave that surprise the thing you want to do kind of in writing in general is you always want to build or, yes. and you always want to leave yourself room to grow mm-hmm. so you can't start you can't start a situation. This applies on all levels too. You don't want to start a story or a chapter or a scene in a place where there's no room to grow mm-hmm. in terms of emotion or intensity. You've got to save your most, like the tastiest morsels of your writing for the places where they will have the most impact. Because mm-hmm. if you go hard with like, like we were talking about crying, if you go hard with the crying like the whole time, yeah, what are you gonna pull out when you really want to hit a hit hard with the emotions? Yeah, when you want to just fucking so, curve stomp someone's heart. Thus concludes, unless Jake has anything more to add. Thus concludes our yellow flag our segment. Yellow flags. No, that's that that those sound pretty. <laughs> that sounds pretty summative to me. I'm alright with that. Well, it's like like you said, right? Like it's a derivative, and like people people aren't reading fan fiction without engaging with the thing it's derivative from in the first place. So it's like because they've done mm-hmm. that, then they've already they've ostensibly mm-hmm. already read what you're quoting you know they want to read something yeah. new it's why they're reading fan fiction for yeah it. so do your own thing yeah and, and i just maybe as we kind of near the end here want to go back to china's email i hope china we have answered all your questions yes. sort of thank you for your, your satisfaction questions, yeah thank you so much for your questions um and for your email um if we missed anything Please feel free to email again. I love talking about characterization. Mm-hmm. We could even, if I think of enough for a new outline, we could even do characterization part two down the line. There you go. That'd be so, fun. Not ruling anything out. Mm-hmm. So uh, go, yeah. So going back to some of her original questions, how do you get into the mind of a character so different from yourself? I hope we talked a little about empathy and about research. And same goes for for portraying, you know, situations that you've never been in. I think questions. we covered it pretty extensively. Empathy is. I would say the primary source of how do I sort of get in this character's head. It's like put you put yourself in the. If you haven't been in a situation, put yourself in it. To see yeah, it's yeah. Hard. It's it's hard to tell. It's hard to describe specifically how to empathize. Yeah, I think it's, it's such it's, like an intrinsic thing. It's definitely a skill that you can become better at as yeah. as you exercise that kind of muscle. But also, it's something that I suspect in the in in terms of writing fanfiction that you were already doing, having identified with a character strongly enough to to want to write more of them. Yeah, exactly. Well, so that concludes our episode on characterization all too soon. This is probably a really long conversation, but it has felt like five minutes. Yeah. And remind everyone of our Gmail and Instagram accounts. Please send all of your opinions on characterization to owffpod at gmail.com. I cannot wait to read them because I have, I love talking about characterization. I'm also still waiting um, on those literary classics but replace the author's name with members of the Wu-Tang Clan submissions. He is. He's really excited about so this. Please, we haven't gotten any since episode, episode 5 dropped. That, but that episode <laughs> went up today so I'm just being a shit. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, actually do that. Do you have another example to give us? The Poetic Edda by the Rizza. I don't know the members of Wu-Tang Clan well enough to do this. Yeah, Wu-Tang, so. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, so... I know. 
100 Years of Solitude by Ghostface Killer. Ooh, that's, that's okay. <laughs> that's alright. I like these. Didn't make me, didn't make me LOL quite so much like as some other ones. But... There, yeah. th this joke is for me and for me only. That, that much is very clear. <laughs> Please go follow us on Instagram. Um, OWFF underscore podcast, uh, managed by our creative director, Kira, who does her best to direct us creatively. God knows we need it. We sure do. We've, uh, we've, thank you put, so we've much. put quite a fucking job on her shoulders. Yeah. And she does it swimmingly. Uh, and we are no help at all. Nope. So thank you so much for listening. This podcast is produced by us and edited by me. <laughs> okay, hold on. I love that at the outset of this podcast, it was like this podcast is produced and edited by us. But like, as you've been editing the episodes and you're like, I'm like, now I'm now like, no, I deserve some credit. You're like, no, editing I'm the editor. Editing these takes me hours every yeah. week. No, and no. I am, I'm too much of a control freak to share the burden. Besides the fact that Jake and I would be using different editing software should we attempt to collaborate. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a... a sinful treasonous heathen and I have a PC. Okay, well so here's the, here's the other thing is that more people in my personal life listen to this so I care a little bit more <laughs> about what what, oh what, what stays in and if what is I, cut. If I edited this podcast, I would I could ruin your fucking life. <laughs> I wouldn't do it like purposefully. Yeah, at this point I, I feel like I want to be the editor of the podcast. Yeah, I, I, you do a Maybe. good job, I'm fine with that. Thank you. You can write the episode blurbs. Yeah. Which I have proven to be absolutely terrible at. They're fun. I like them. I'm glad. Um, so please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. Usually review making fun of how excited we got about characterization it's that fucking, we made this excessively long episode. You should, and so that when you do, I can tell you to fuck off, because characterization's cool. Oh yeah, I saw we got a I we got a Oh we got we, an we email got emails earlier today. Is it from BD? No, it's from a dude named <laughs> Smidvarg G. Oh man. Smid so we we I didn't know they had uh I didn't know they had email in the fucking Viking Age. Uh oh, he's he's making a case for semicolon. Oh actually. my god, we've gotten so many of these. I hate it so much. What the, what semicolon? That everyone agrees with you on the semicolon. Well, what should that tell you? Uh, mm. Thank you so. Okay, it makes complicated concepts simple and helps you understand them. Excellent. You guys are really entertaining. I'm glad we're entertaining. That is, yeah. I'm. If there's one thing I want out of my life, it's to be entertaining. It's to be the dancing monkey for everyone else. <laughs>